And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. As always, make sure you are getting down to the Holy Grail and uh, getting yourself some grub, enjoying some cold drinks, and uh, just having an all-around wonderful time down at the Banks and the Dora era, area, Dora era, Dora area. And uh, there you go. Make sure you are supporting the folks that support us as you head down to the Holy Grail. All right, Dave, I did want to say I haven't had a time to get an article up. Um, I'll, I'll wait until we get some more in here to tell people what's going on on that front. Um, you did put an article up. No, I mean for the sale. Oh, We do have what's... another sale going. I just haven't had time to advertise. Oh, we, we do? It's still going? No, the, the old one is not. No, we, we have oh, a new one. We have a new one for the stragglers? This one is 50% off for the stragglers. Well, we got to make some money. Yeah, I mean, look. Giving all, giving all this content out for free, don't pay no bills. <laughs> so if you haven't taken advantage yet, uh, you can take advantage and get a year of Bearcat Journal for 50% off. All right. Let me get this up on Twitter here real quick. What? Like hot board <laughs> the 3.0. We are live. Get in here. <laughs> there we go. All right, Dave. Let's uh, let's get to it. Hotboard 3.0 is live. If you would uh, like to know what's what's happening on Hotboard 3.0, I would suggest you head straight to uh, to BearcatJournal.com. You can leave a screen up with this podcast on, and you can listen, and then you can take a look at Hotboard version 3.0. No new it. names. Okay, I hate, I hate it. it. Give me a. Hate give, it. I want a new Hotboard, Dad. It stinks, and I hate it. I, I always love that. Like every time I put a hot board out through this, some somebody in the first page is like, "When's the next one? When, when do we get to the next one?" I'm, I don't like. I'm, I don't like I'm this a, one. I'm appalled. But let's let's touch on <laughs> let, let's touch on something that I think is important to touch on here. Um, with version 3.0 out, uh, a lot of people seem to be unhappy, Dave, but. I think you have posed a pretty, a pretty okay. outstanding question. What's the who, question. Who else? Who else would you have on it? Like uh, to the to the people, like complaining. What this isn't a name with a, this isn't a, a coaching carousel with like eight hot names on it. Who, who's what? missing? UCF super fan, literally anyone. Okay, Tommy Tuberville, Butch Jones, Randy Randy Etzel, um, Brian Harson. Uh, Dan Mullen, um, Ron Turner, Ron Zook. Uh, you're saying literally Tim anyone. <laughs> literally anyone. Can't count Dion out as much as Chad really wants to. Look, do you think hey, if he, I thought there was a chance? <laughs> he was never if in. I thought, if I thought there was a chance that this was happening and Dion was coming, I would be like screaming from the rooftops. Have you guys not, you guys haven't figured me out by now. 
I'm the easiest person to figure out on the planet. Am I not, Dave? Yes, whatever's best for us. Dion would make me so much money. We we might be we might be up to like the Alabama, North Carolina, Ohio State levels of membership <laughs> by the end of the Dion Sanders tenure. Are you kidding? Of course I want Dion. If there was any chance it was Dion, he would be number one on my list. His face would be plastered all over the message board. Like, come on, guys. Come on. No Mac from, okay. from Greg Vito. Um, okay, then who else? Who else? Like, the, the whole, like, this is bad, this is awful thing falls on deaf ears to me if you don't provide me with realistic, uh, realistic other alternatives. Right. Um, so, like, the net, like, okay, so if, 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 let's just pull back a little bit. If head coaching experiences is a key element to this, mm -hmm. and let's say you went after Matt Campbell, and he has been reluctant to move numerous times for whatever reason. So if he if he's still reluctant to move, then okay, then he's off your list. Uh -huh. So uh, earlier in the process, I said maybe, you know, Dave Clawson. At Wake Forest, he seems reluctant to move or possibly uh, a, could be a name for Stanford, I think. He fits a little understanding the academic issue, you know, restrictions they have, understanding that they're not going to take kids in the portal, they're not going to do NIL. So, but he has been very comfortable at Wake Forest. It's a great, great job. Like, right. You have to understand, like, quality of life is becoming more and more valuable to these coaches. They all make a hell of a lot of money. And if you are somewhere where you can enjoy doing what you do and you don't have to worry about crazy boosters or you don't have to worry about, you know, winning 10 games every year. Like, you can have a very enjoyable, very successful life being the head coach at Wake Forest or being the head coach at Iowa State. Right. And you just don't see the Power 5 head coach move to other Power 5 jobs anymore. We saw it twice last year with blue blood cream of the crop jobs in LSU and USC. And even Lincoln Riley going to USC was a stunner. Like nobody had that. Like, I'm pretty sure the USC hot board didn't have Lincoln Riley on it. Right. <laughs> so, and then you had Mario Cristobal going from Oregon to Miami. That was mainly a, you know, come home situation. And his mom was ill and, you know, eventually you know, passed away, unfortunately. But, like, this isn't the late 90s, early 2000s when it was, like, coaching roulette in the SEC where guys are leaving Ole Miss for Auburn and then leaving Auburn for Arkansas. And, like, it doesn't happen anymore. 
sitting Power Five coaches do not leave for other Power Five jobs. I mean, look at all the jobs unless that they're, they're unless they're 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 getting ahead of the the fire train, or they're getting insane contracts like right uh, Mel Tucker leaving Colorado for Michigan State. Like, if you are hiring a if you're a Power Five job and you are hiring. You are pulling from two places, G5 head coach or Power 5 assistant coach. That's it. Like Florida State hired Memphis's coach. Virginia Tech hired Memphis's coach. He failed. Like they're not – there's too many to even name or to remember. Like you just – it just doesn't happen anymore. Dave, I, I want to do an exercise with you, okay? Yes. I want everybody we, – we got 100 people in here. I want you all to pay very close attention to this exercise. <laughs> Very close attention to this exercise. Okay, you ready, Dave? Yes. Brent Venables, where'd he come from? He's defensive coordinator at Clemson. Matt Campbell, where'd he come from? He was the head coach at Toledo. Dave Aranda, where'd he come from? He was the assistant. He was defensive coordinator at LSU. Chris Kleiman, where'd he come from? Uh, FCS. Sonny Dykes, where'd he come from? SMU. Joey McGuire, where'd he come from? He was an assistant at Baylor. Okay. Lance Leopold, where'd he come from? Buffalo via FCS. Steve Sarkeesian. Eh. I mean, we know. He came from the Nick Saban coaching rehab facility. Yeah. Neil Brown, <laughs> where'd he come from? Uh, Western Kentucky, I believe. Yeah. Those are the sitting head coaches in the Big 12. How many of them... Were sitting Power Five head coaches when they were hired to be a head coach in the Big Twelve. I don't believe any. How many were either an offensive or defensive coordinator, and/or at a coach at a commiserate level to the MAC? All of them. Yes. All of them. I mean, if you're not in the American, it's basically all the same thing. Like they're they're. Leagues have ebbed and flowed, and some have more money than others. But, like, everybody below the American is basically the same from a budgetary standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Reed Culver says, uh, P5 coordinator of a blue blood over a mediocre G5. Uh, okay, what if they were the P5 coordinator at a, at a Power 5 school, and now they're a mediocre group of five? Like, th that... Like Sean Lewis was was the offensive coordinator for a very good Syracuse offense, right? Like, didn't they they 2017 to 19? They had the like right up there with the best offenses in the ACC. The, his, his offenses, it's he's from the Art Bryles, Dino Babers tree, right? Air, Air Rady, you know whatever that is now. Like, it's it's a. It's a high octane-ish, you know, whatever. Year to year, who knows? They're trying to, to spread the field, throw the ball around, score a bunch of points. Run 90 plays. Yeah. So he was a power five coordinator. I guess you're going to – the blue blood is the caveat. Okay. I, well, yes, I don't disagree with that. Like, I was right. all about Brian Hartline. I'm all about Alex Golish. But this isn't about what I want. This is about telling people what we think the university is looking for and why that might be the case. I don't care. Like, I, legit, I legitimately don't care. I like some coaches other more than others. 
but it doesn't matter to me. Like, I'm not going to get mad. Like, I, I'm not trying to like pick on anybody. I mean, I'm just trying to answer questions or whatever, but like the idea, like Tom Herman going to FAU tells me what people think of Tom Herman. Right. Like if Tom Herman was a great option, he would have been an option at Auburn. He would, he had a, convers- he had a conversation with Arizona state and Colorado He's not in a candidate to be them. So you're telling me that he turned Arizona State and Colorado down so he could go be the coach at FAU? I would imagine it was the opposite. I would imagine they talked to him and said, we'd we'd rather, you know, explore other opportunities. Right. Yeah, I see Todd Munkin's name. He's a, like, 50-something, 60-something-year-old guy that's basically carved out an entire career in the NFL and is now at Georgia. What part of his of him matches up with anything that we're trying to do, whether it's Big 12 experience, recruit Ohio, young, energy, like there's nothing that he has that he's a great offensive coordinator for Georgia. But to be the coach at UC, I don't see any correlation to anything that he's done. Concur. Josh Gaddis, okay. Are we saying Michigan Josh Gaddis or Miami, Florida Josh Gaddis? Because their offense this year was tire fire garbage. <laughs> like you just you can't just like I don't think you can just throw names out and be like, yeah, that guy. Well, yeah, sure, that guy. But like, how does it fit to what UC is trying to do as a as a whole? Like, how does it fit? Uh, 100% shock. Nothing came of Garrett Riley. I think inexperience is the issue I, there, right? Has Garrett Riley's name come up for any job? He's not getting Texas state. That went to JG Kinney. So like, if he's not getting, if there's nothing being sniffed around Garrett Riley for any of these open G five jobs, then why would he be someone for us to talk to again? What is his ties to? So he's coached in at SMU and now, at TCU for a year. Everybody wants someone that has recruiting ties to Ohio. Got to recruit the Cincinnati area. Well, what the hell does Garrett Riley do for that? Can I confirm that I sat in Fickle's office and made phone calls regarding his uh, replacement today? Uh, I sat in a principal's office for a little while today. Uh, that wasn't fun. Had to deal with some of that. And then uh, dealt with uh, Kelly had a, a nine inch nail drilled into her tailbone today to extract bone marrow. So uh, outside of making phone calls, those are the things I dealt with today. I've had a rough week. That sounds fine. exciting. Yeah. This is just, I, I look this bad all the time. That's right. Cameron. This is just how I, how bad I normally look. <laughs> have i slept much no that's look thank you nicholas for well, the two dollars well, welcome jeremy welcome new, jeremy new the member. new member great to have you much appreciated thanks for being a uh, part of the team um and if you haven't heard uh 50 off uh bearcat journal right now a full year any Jordan, truth to Alex Golich being offered? No. Don't you think we would be talking about that, Jordan? 
nobody's been offered because we're pretty sure no one's had like a real sit down face to face adult like more than a zoom interview so no one would have been offered the zoom interviews went through yesterday as far as i know uh to my knowledge today was about narrowing down the list deciding on and and maybe they worked in an interview later in the day i don't know that that's has not been told to me um and then you go through interviews be done with interviews by saturday make a decision hire a coach that is the timeline that I put on BCJ on Monday, it has played out. Dave, has it not played out exactly so far as I said it would? Yes. How do I know that? Because that was the timeline that John Cunningham gave to the parents of the current team on Monday night. Sunday night, Monday night, Sunday night. Whatever. You get the point. I want to I want to ask you a, a question because I thought about this today. I'm just saying. Oh, go ahead. Real quick. How do you not have a list narrowed already? Guys, can we... They've done Zoom interviews for two days, okay? When you get done doing all of your interviews, you have all these people you want to talk to, you do the interviews, and then you reconvene with your team, and you make decisions. That's narrowing the list. They had a big list. They narrowed it to a medium-sized list. They did Zoom interviews with the medium-sized list. And then you narrow it down to a small list. And then you make a decision. Eric, you can give Urban Meyer $9 million. (laughs) (laughs) How are Lewis's connections to Ohio high school coaches? I mean, he's been at Kent State, so he's going to have some ties there. He's originally from Chicago. Um, So at least from the region. Um, and played at Wisconsin. So he's a Midwest guy through and through. Um, so that would, that would lend to, he has, yeah, I uh, mean, all, every one of these candidates that we, and, and granted, I still very much think that there could be the quote unquote mystery candidate. Like maybe, maybe not someone that none of us have talked about at all, but like you mentioned in the, in the, um, 3.0 like like a Jim Leonard. Yeah. Like could he be a candidate? Sure, I could see I could see him being a candidate and we really haven't talked about it much and we don't have a ton of we haven't been able to to get a bunch of info saying whether he is or isn't. But like I find it hard to believe that we're nailing every single one of these. Like I'm yeah, sure there's, there's got to be something I'm missing. They're like look, they actively try to keep info away from us. They want this to be done in-house. They want it to be quiet. That is John Cunningham's process. Like, it took me until Hotboard 4.0. And I've explained why, but it took me until Hotboard 4.0 to put Wes Miller on there. Because they did a great job keeping us guessing. That's their job. It's literally in their job to keep information away from us. Um, so I want to I ask you a question. Jim Huber said the parent meeting was Monday. Thank you, Jim. I don't know. I don't know what day it is, Jim. I have no idea. (laughs) Playing playing devil's advocate a little bit here. Okay. So, Sean Lewis obviously seems to be getting the most attention. And I see. I'd say Golish is right up there with it. I just haven't been able to get farther in confirming. Right. We mean we're trying. Advanced. 
you know, there's an interesting thing at play possibly with him and USF because um, it appears that they're not getting any of their top candidates. So mm-hmm. they might be going further down their list. Um, but the, the Sean Lewis stuff, and I, I get a lot of it, record is brought up a bunch. You know, he's, he's not, he hasn't won the Mac. He's not winning enough in the Mac. And so, my, I'll play devil's advocate and just, I'll use another person as a candidate. Gino. If you're going to say Sean Lewis hasn't won enough. Right. What are you, what are your, what, like, if you're pushing Gino, what are you, what are your big positives about him to be a head coach? You know, obviously I know he went to UC. He was a great player at UC. He would probably do well in keeping a current recruiting class together. Uh, I have opinions on whether that's an important thing to do in making a coaching hire or not. I want to hear those opinions in a minute. Um, but like, if you're, like, I guess my biggest thing, like, you have no idea of an assistant coach has any idea how to run a full program. Right. I mean, people didn't seem to love the way the offense was this year. So are we talking about his his offensive acumen and the great play calling and the high-powered scoring unit? Thank you, Tonk. Appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, Tonk. Happy, happy belated birthday, by the way. Um, so they, I'm, I'm they, just, I'm just trying it. to like, I'm looking at all of these things pragmatically. And when I see one thing and then I'm like, well, if, let's just do this. I'm like, well, okay, why? Like if you're going down the checklist of things that you're looking for in a head coach, there has to be more to it than went to school here it can keep a current recruiting class together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I wouldn't want him to be the head coach. I I said earlier, like it honestly doesn't really matter to me, but the whole like back and forth of this guy's terrible. This guy's awful. This guy's great. Like um, I just need, I need more. I need, I need you to be able to articulate why this candidate would be so much better than this candidate. Right. Um, the this like Daniel like that's the, not true. Golish does call <laughs> plays like like you're, he also you're, helped design the offense, right? I mean, like I don't know if Daniel's new doesn't have any idea who I am. Everybody's podcast is their first podcast. Like I know what the hell's going on at Tennessee. Right. I mean, if if we have any sources anywhere outside of the ones Chad has, it's Tennessee. Um. So, Daniel, you're going to end up in timeout if all you're here to do is spew like just how many <laughs> times can I say the same thing? Uh, sorry, man. You're in timeout. <laughs> come back in five. Go take a walk and come back in five minutes. There's no bigger Tennessee fan than Dave. 
Man, I'm sure there is. But oh like, yeah, that, believe me, there there are. <laughs> but but you know what's going on. Yeah. There. Nobody has said that Lewis is the top pick, right? No, he's a he's a candidate. I think he's he's a good chance that Lewis is going to be a finalist. That's what my info tells me. So that's what I'm reporting. That's that's the other thing that I want to want to want to touch on here, Dave. Like everybody has asked me, who's who who do you think is going to get the job? You guys got to understand when we when I go into this mode, other than like joking around about Dion because it's going to be great for or it could be great for content, like whatever. I I don't care. My job is just to to be as close to right as humanly possible. Right? Like that's right. the job. And I think my my job is people ask me on the board, like, what do I think of someone? And my job isn't to like give my opinion about them at this point. Like, I'll have an to opinion. Gather information. I'll have an opinion based on who they hire once sure. they hire someone. Right. But like I understand that not everybody watches and is is in in college football, the whole hog, so to speak, as much as I am. So when someone asks me, you know, what what is like anybody could do a Google search and see what Sean Lewis or Mo Linquist record is. Like that's that's it's very easy to count. But when someone says, like, okay, sell me on this guy, I'm like, well, I'm not here to sell you on him. I'll tell you why I think they might be a candidate. Right. And to and give you reasons why I think John Cunningham or whoever might be interested in them. Um, but I like I don't I'm not here to like say you should like this person or you should want this person and no this person would be terrible. Like I have an internal list of all of these guys and I have them ranked how I hope it plays out. But you know, you're the info gatherer, you're the source guy, I'm the, like, knows, actually knows who the hell Sean Lewis and Mo Lindquist are before they show up on a hot board. Right, and this is why we work good as a team on this stuff, when this stuff happens. Look, and, and I think there's a, there's a sentiment in that building that they want to go offense into the Big 12. And I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's a, a terrible uh, belief. Do you? No, I think you need to be offensive centric in general in college football right now. Um, I think it's great to have a great defense, but even the premier teams, you know, Georgia is known for their defense, and everybody still gives Stetson Bennett shit for like. Supposed not being a great, their offense is awesome. Yeah, you know Michigan's offense the last two years when when Harbaugh, I mean I gotta you know we might not like him people don't like like him they he took a pay cut and totally revamped the whole program after the COVID year and their offense is great. You know Ohio State's offense has been great. Their defense is better it obviously it's has a michigan issue but like usc offense the defense is not good they are insane 
like maybe the most insane defense I've ever seen from a turnover standpoint, but like the defense isn't good. The offense is great and they're going to probably make the playoff as long as they win tomorrow night. So Michael Beers. Yes. I can tell you categorically this, this is wrong. John Cunningham is not giving out information on this search to anyone. (laughs) It is me versus like, look, I say this jokingly because I have a great relationship with John and he was actually scheduled to be on this podcast tonight. Uh, He was going to be on from, he was going to come on. How good of a relationship do I have with John Cunningham? He was going to come on last Wednesday from Maui after the Louisville game. And Dave and I both decided, look, we didn't want to like burden him with that to have to go sit in some like conference room in Maui while everybody's going out to dinner. It was nine o'clock at night here. So it was like four o'clock there. Like, as everybody's getting ready to have their, their downtime in Maui, we didn't want to burden him with that. He was, and, and the plan was we were going to have him on this week. That obviously changed. But when we go into coaching search mode, John Cunningham is the enemy, <laughs> right? Like, He's trying to keep the information from us, and we are trying to get it. I actually thought this Jeff's question here is interesting because I would like to play on it. I want I want to get to one more thing first. Oh, okay. You see, a super fan. I I I think you're on. I think you're right in some areas there, but I also think like being risk averse is not always a bad thing. Like maybe it's a good thing to not have a giant asshole running your program. Or a guy that has NCAA violations on his on his track record. Like, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing to make sure you're getting someone, the right guy, to lead your program into the Big 12. Now go ahead. You can you can do your thing, Dave. Dave. Jeff asks, uh, not in, pretending to be an expert on Sean Lewis, but ask yourself this, would he be on the Anywhere on Purdue or a lesser Big Ten schools hot board, if the answer to that question is no, then why you see? I will go out and on a limb and say that if Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota, probably not Iowa, but maybe uh, he, I mean, he definitely was an, an candidate Dave, at some as, point as for, Wisconsin, for Wisconsin. Um, no, he was. He was number three on Wisconsin's yeah. hot board at one point. Illinois. Uh, so that's what, four or five? I feel pretty confident in saying that he would definitely be in the mix, at, the, at least at the beginning. Now, who knows where that goes when, because I don't know who the other candidates would be. I mean, He's probably not in the running at Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Nebraska, Northwestern. Everywhere else, I would say he would have definitely more than likely been a, can- a viable option if there, if all those jobs were open right now. <laughs> Chris Reed, crazy, crazy question. Does this job scare people away because of perceived growing pains as opposed to easy 10-win resume building seasons in the American? I think there's like if you're if you're considering this job right now going into the Big 12, yeah, there's there's concerns, right? I don't know if it scares people away, but like 
there's there going to be, be there's going to be a transition. Yeah, like, there's a transition no matter what when you have a new coach. Like right, no matter what, there's tra- like every people forget very quickly how you know it obviously didn't happen the same way because they fired Tuberville, but like. We didn't like you don't know who's gonna leave, who's gonna stay. You have to get in there and as Luke has said, have blind faith, and that's just how these things work. And I do think that maybe in the coaching world there is a little more trepidation about this transition than in the fan base world. We look at it as hell yeah, we're not in the AAC anymore, and hell yeah. We've got the the program is now going to have this much more money versus what they used to have, where the coaches look at it and go, Okay, we now have to move into a new conference against teams that have been had resources far above us for a long, long time. And you know. And we have to build up yep. and we have to learn everything about the conference. Uh, Daniel, th- see, this is the this is the silliness. Cunningham needs to stop thinking about Cunningham and start thinking about the football team. Let me ask you this, Daniel. If John Cunningham doesn't get this hire right, you know what John Cunningham is? The former athletic director at Cincinnati. Right? That's what gets ADs fired, right, Dave? Bad coaching hires. Yes, this is a this I mean like in all actuality, this is a job like because if you know he already had it with he got his basketball coach with Wes. We'll see how that goes. And now you have this job. Like if you go if you make this hire and you go into the Big 12, and by year four, you are not having a good run of it, you're going to need to hire a new coach. Right. And is that is John going to be able to is you know usually you don't get to hire two football coaches. So, you know. It's you know, it's it's a big hire. It's not it's certainly not, you know, we're not putting <laughs> I don't know why this job wouldn't be appealing. We literally helped a guy win a more lucrative job in the U.S. Senate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for lightening things up, UCF Superfan. I know. I know you've been borderline unhinged this week. <laughs> oh. uh, so why is Sean Lewis being linked? Maybe John Cunningham thinks Sean Lewis is a good coach. You don't. That's okay. Yeah. You can have a difference of opinion, but guess what? If it happens to be Sean Lewis and Sean Lewis gets hired, we'll find out on the field. And if he's a bad hire, John Cunningham's job will be on the line. Like, like, uh, oh no, where is where did it go? Where did it, they're coming in too fast. I know. If you guys want to make sure your question gets asked. The only way I can make sure your question gets asked is to donate. Jeffrey says out of all the candidates from the MAC, the Toledo coach, I think. I look at it differently. I think that Jeff, that Jason Candle has been an underachiever because Toledo has way more money than anybody in the MAC. 
always has the best recruiting class, and he's he's I mean he's playing for another MAC championship this weekend, but he's won one MAC title since he's been there. Like I'm the MAC is just such a it's such a dollars and cents league. Like some people don't realize this. I put this on the board the other day, but you obviously can't keep up with everything that's on the board. Sean Lewis makes four hundred forty thousand dollars a year. I'm at, so that gives you an idea of what his assistants make and yeah. what their overall budget is. So, you know, not everything is created equal. Just like we've always, like UC fans are like, look how great we're doing, you know, with the disadvantages that we have. And, you know, we've done well and we're behind the eight ball compared to the teams that we're competing with. Places like Kent and Akron, and I would throw like Eastern Michigan, Northern Illinois into those. Like they're significantly behind in their own league. So it, you know, it's just, it's hard to win consistently in those conferences. Um, You know, it's, it just is like you, you try to, you know, you try to do it with development, and that's the thing with with some of these Mac guys is they have to be incredible identifiers of talent. Because anybody good that you offer, you're probably either not getting or, you know, somebody is going to – they're, they're going to blow up in high school and then you have no chance of getting them anyway. Um, so it's it's an identification of talent. It's how, To me, it's how do you compete – against your buy games like are you just getting flat destroyed or are you competitive until the town on the field just takes over and there's nothing you can do about it right like kent state this year went at washington at oklahoma at georgia so you know how do you do in those games they did pretty well actually in those games until Georgia was, I mean, they were down 13 at halftime to Georgia. They were down seven to three at halftime to Oklahoma. So that's an idea of like, that tells me that you you're able to prepare your team and that the fact that you're going up against a team that you know should destroy you, your players aren't afraid of it. The game plan is good to keep you in the game. You know, as long as possible, you're never going to win the game. The game's not even ever going to be close. But, like, you know, to show that you have a good game plan and that you can take advantage of things against those teams is is things that I look at on that type of a level. Right. Um, trying to confirm something right now. Um... Where did the Al Golden rumor come from? It wasn't a rumor. <laughs> wasn't a rumor. There was there was interest from some, from what some some names aren't meant for the hot board, <laughs> right? Um, that one we got wind of it. Uh, that was something that Justin had before me, so I let Justin roll with that because uh, it was his you know his name. He he had done the legwork on it, um, but that one was kind of it flamed out like pretty quickly. Like it, it burned bright like Monday, and then by Tuesday the flame was extinguished. So by right, the time, rightfully so. Like 
Okay, if you want me to come on the board and actually give an opinion on the coach right now, I'd have had an opinion on that one. <laughs> so basically, that came about after I had done version one. And by the time I had done version two, I was told that no longer in consideration. So there's a blind spot there where he didn't make it on version one. If I'd have done version two six hours earlier, he would have been on it. But by the time I was ready to publish version two, he was was no longer um, consideration. Uh, I do have I do have some breaking news for oh. you, Dave. What is that? Uh, I am told from a source Mo Linguist got a Zoom call, but is not a finalist for the job. All right. So remove Mo Linguist from the board, not a finalist. Got it. Breaking news live on the pod. He would have he was, you know, further down my list. There were some some reasons that made sense, but you know, to me more reasons that I would have liked other candidates more. So, uh, what was that? There was something I wanted to, oh, let's talk the, um, oh, I have a call coming in from Knoxville, Tennessee right now. I wonder if it's Alex Golish. You, do you need to take it? No, because I think it's my, uh, fraternity begging for money. <laughs> uh, the Brian Hartline stuff. Let's. Talk about that uh, since he sent yeah. out a, sent out a tweet today saying how he you know loves Ohio State blah blah blah. Yeah, I think there was a conversation. I think he had a Zoom call. I can confirm that. Um, my guess is twofold. It was going to be very hard to pull him away from Ohio State in general, and I think on the UC side, outside of the recruiting element, like. And I'm will. I would have been willing to be all for it, but I'm not the one whose job is on the line. I'm not really gung ho about giving like a just over thirty year old whose highest level of coaching is wide receiver, pass game coordinator, the keys to the car, as we transition into a new conference. Right. So while I would have, you know, I would have loved it because of the recruiting, and I would have been like, okay. Can you surround yourself with uh, some good coordinators that have some experience? Then, you know, it probably would have grown on me and hopefully it would have uh, worked out. But I can definitely see why maybe they, you know, wanted someone with a little more experience operating and running their own program. I have a question. How much do you think something like especially given what we know about John Cunningham doing your zoom interview and then telling everybody about it and trying to promote yourself as a candidate can potentially hurt you in a situation like this, where they're like, it's not exactly the type of discretion we were looking for in a coaching search. We're trying to keep uh, in house. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think to me, like that's something that there's no reason to like put out a statement like that. Well, he like, didn't. Well, but he he had to put out a statement because he called eight people and told him he was in the running for the UC job, and then the next day he gets word that he didn't make the cut, 
So now you got to circle back and let everybody know I'm, I'm Ohio state, man. Like, I don't know what all that shit was yesterday. I didn't have anything to do with that. I didn't come for me. My name's Paul and that's between y'all, but I'm sticking at Ohio state. Even though what happened was like, I know John Cunningham didn't leak that Brian Hartline was a candidate, right? Brian Hartline leaked that. No, John. Yeah. John Cunningham's not talking to anybody. Right. So yes, Brian Hartline leaked that and, and made it look like maybe, and maybe he thought he had a better chance than he did. Maybe he thought he nailed the zoom call and like, but my point is like when you're dealing with somebody, you, you can't do that. Go and run and tell like football scoop and you know, the uh, Buckeye Ohio state sites and da, 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 da. And then expect John Cunningham to be like, well, this is a guy that's going to, you know, mm-hmm. play in the sandbox. No, he's running around outside the sandbox, like kicking dirt inside the sandbox. I don't know. It's just like that. It's always dumb to me. Like when, when you see that stuff break, like if the AD doesn't want it public, like you should probably just shut the hell up and hope he calls you back tomorrow. And what's he thinking there? Is he thinking like, if I can show there's public support, like I, I become more of a candidate. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's not like you're doing a leverage play. Right. That's my thing with like the Alex Golish stuff. Like it was reported on football scoop. Um, and I've had some other conversations with people in Knoxville about it. Um, like it's his name getting out there is obviously coming from his side, but it's not like he's trying to leverage Tennessee into giving him a better contract. Like, I'm sure he'll get a raise because right. they went to they're going to have they had a really good year, but like this isn't like a Jim. This isn't the classic James Franklin gets a, you know gets a contract extension thanks to you know X University showing some interest in him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, hello, hello, Ed, and I saw you as well, Jeff. Hello. Oh, Alexander, I don't want Tom Allen's adopted son. I want his real son, who's not good at football. <laughs> the one they don't invite to Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, but I think what we're we're talking forty-eight hours. Maybe I, I did think of something that's probably going to throw a monkey wrench in this in the original timeline. What's that? Bengals Chiefs. Yeah, you probably don't want to bury it in the afternoon of that game. And you have a basketball game at noon and a women's basketball game, I think, at three. So, so there's so, going to there's, there's be a lot going on there. So Well, I I'm guess talking it, about like it starts to leak out. Not, if it starts to leak out, I guess it would be Sunday night and not, then Monday no, press conference. Like not press conference, like Saturday for like a leak. Uh, I don't think so. No? Maybe I'm. Maybe they it gets out Saturday. Because, well, generally what happens, like let's say interviews go through Saturday, you make a pick, then you have to negotiate, like start negotiating a contract and see. Well, if it's one of the Mac guys, that's not that negotiation is not going to be hard to do. Sure. <laughs> sure. Or if it's one of the assistants, it's still not. Yeah, it's still not going to be hard to do. But it still takes time. Like lawyering takes time, Dave. Oh, I know. Maybe Saturday night. I would guess Sunday evening. 
or you or you get it out Sunday morning, 10, 11 o'clock. That way it's the buzz at the basketball game. Everybody's talking about it. And it's kind of the pregame news before Bengals Chiefs. And then you go the press conference on Monday. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the the players are like, you see a lot of like the Gino and the player stuff. The players are always going to do that. They always want the in-house choice. It's And you have to be careful with that. Like, that's a emotional reaction a lot of times. And if that's your best candidate, then absolutely. But you don't list like I, I mean I hate to be this crass and and blunt about it but like you don't listen to what the players want it's it's not how it works factual um Jamie Chad some Ray just asked about Jamie Chadwell it sounds like Jamie Chadwell is going to go to Liberty over USF which is possibly why USF is now showing some interest in Alex Golish. So you're telling me the Dion to USF stuff was bullshit too? I think Dion is going to Colorado, which is an interesting choice, but it probably has to do with money and P5. And if he went, if he can turn that around, because they are terrible, if they can turn that around in a couple of years, then he is well on his way to uh, someone, you know, giving him, you know. A, a big old fat power five, you know, con- contract. The thing with him, and I think we talked about this on the boards. I don't know if we talked about it uh, on here. He had some issues at Charleston, right? Is that where he was? You're talking about Jamie Chadwell? Chadwell? Yeah. Um, you've said that. I do not know that one way or the other. He had, no, they had, they had like their 2014 and 15 season wins vacated. So I just um, think his, his demean, you know, his persona, his everything kind of rubbed people the wrong way for a little while. Charleston Southern. That's Charleston Southern. And he is, you know, he has cleaned up in that regard. But if you're going from coastal to Liberty, you're clearly, you know, not blackballed, but he's going to have to keep proving it for a while before he gets a, a big time gig. They had to vacate 18 wins from the 14 and 15 season, including the big South championship uh, vacated wins in other sports. Um, it sounds like there was a uh, found to have incorrectly certified 55 student athletes across 12 sports. So they were playing ineligible players. So that seems almost like an athletic department thing more than a Jamie Chadwell thing. But if you're the head coach and you know your your team vacates 18 wins, yeah. I think Neville Pinto is going to be like. Well, and I also just think like, you know, I, I don't know. There's again, he's a good co- like. I think he's a good football coach. I like his offense. But if I'm building a program for UC in. Ohio moving to the Big 12. I'm not sure what Jamie Chadwell does for that. Right. Like we we listen to what if John Cunningham is going to stay true to what he said on his press conference or in his press conference, he talked Big 12, 
like some experience in in that footprint. He talked Ohio recruiting. He talked NIL. You know, he talked. I mean, that, those are kind of the main three, right? Or do you? He didn't say like. He said he's looking for the best coach possible because everybody's always looking for the best coach possible. But I, from the jump, never thought he would he would truly hiring a guy that's not been a head coach to make this transition. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey brings up Gary Patterson if they want. Yeah, Gary Patterson if they want the big knowing the Big Twelve. Not Gary Patterson if you have any interest in, like, player rights or NIL. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's part of the reason he got moved out at TCU was he's, like, stuck in 1985. Um, Here you go. Here's a list of splash hires from comparable programs the last few years. Texas, Sark. Michigan State, wait, wait, Mel Tucker. Are we, we're comparing UC and Texas. No, no, no. Just like people oh. want splash hires. Oh. Splash, <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about programs that have made splash hires. Oh, okay, okay. Michigan State, Mel Tucker. Okay, yeah, that one's working out super well right now. Nebraska, Scott Frost, fired. Lane Kiffin. Yeah, Lane Kiffin's a he's an interesting dude. <laughs> Mike Leach. I mean, they've been okay. They've been fine, you know. Uh, Florida State, Mike Norvell. He was on the hot seat until this year. If they didn't do what they did this year, uh, he was getting fired. Brian Harson, Auburn. Fired. Dana Holgerson, Houston. Well, if his best friend wasn't Tillman Fertitta, he'd be fired too. Greg Schiano, Rutgers. Yeah. These are splash hires. But, you want it? People want splash, right? I don't know. If the the Journal message a... board never disappoints. I have to give credit to um, Just Breezy for that on the Just message. Just Breezy. Board. Remember when all the UT fans got shit on for getting Greg for getting Greg Schiano These to not have that hires. job? At the time, they were splash hires. At the time, that was that school going out and getting like the top of their list. A name. A name. I need a name. Give me a name. I mean, th- this is funny to me, but like, not not this one because it moved too fast. Matt, what are the chances the people who hate Sean Lewis have actually watched Kent play? I would say zero to 5%. There's 231 people here, Dave. How many of, how many of them do you think have watched a Kent State game? Do I, do I count? Uh, yeah, we'll let you count. Uh, maybe 10. Flash fast. That's that's right. Flash fast. It's like people are trying to get blocked in my Twitter mentions. (laughs) My God. Well, Oof. UCF Superfan, I hate to tell you, he hasn't lost more than he's won. He's lost to Georgia, like in Oregon. Like, he's lost those games, yeah. 
He's won more than he's lost in the MAC. They uh, beat him. That was a win. They beat the team that's in the MAC championship. Like, I'm not, I'm not stumping for the guy, uh, but it's like he had he went one in ten his first year because the the five years before he was there they won a total of nine MAC games. Any concern about the staff, Lewis? Why? That that would be that would definitely be one of my concerns. Okay. Like one, I would hope you don't let him just bring whoever he wants. And two, do you have the quote unquote Rolodex to get guys who you've worked with before or you know that you know all these coaches, they always have this like list of like if I ever become a head coach at this program, I want you to come coach with me. Like, I know you're not going to come coach with me at Kent State, but if you, if I get a a job here, uh, I'd love you to come coach with me. Like that, that's one thing that I would have a question about. Like, you know, you're going from a budget, probably an entire coaching budget of around a million dollars, if I had to guess. To now, your head coach is probably going to be making four to five million dollars. Three I'm, and a half. Yeah. Three, three and a half. So, but like, we're not just giving all of the assistants, uh, you know, twenty x times raises. Like, who else do you know? Who else can you bring in? Yeah. What? What? He he did put up three points against a pretty bad Oklahoma defense, and in the first half, Oklahoma scored seven, and then they ran away with it because they have way better players. Right. Like, but again, these are like counting things. Like, having <laughs> gambler can't stay overs are awesome. <laughs> That's one of the ten. That's one of the no, ten. There was a couple in there. Someone said, "I know." Someone said that his, one of their kids like Maction. My nine-year-old likes Maction. <laughs> Shut up, Ed. I'll repeat that. Like, up, for instance, like if you like Mo Linquist to me, obviously we've talked about that he's probably, you know, you said he's not getting another interview. That's one what of my the, source told me. One of the things that I did like about him was that he has coached a lot of places for being young. So he, he would probably have a good pool of people to, to pull from for assistant coaches. Don't look now, Reed, but you see almost lost to Miami freaking Ohio this year. Just saying. Perfect so, at linebacker coach. I'm down with that. <laughs> But, I mean, we'll see. I th- I think I think head coaching experience is going to win out eventually. So we'll see what that means. I think John will look at just how many boxes can this person check. And yeah. the, the biggest unchecked box is like, can you run a program? Have you right. been in charge of a hundred and something people? 
you know, have you had to make someone brought this up in the in the board and I've heard it too, like on the radio and, and podcasts and stuff was like, have you have you ever had to make the thousand little decisions every day that go into being a head coach? And I'm just not I'm not sold that he's going to want a person learning all of that while also transitioning to a league that, as we saw this year, was pretty damn good, top to bottom. Yeah. Like, West Virginia... Not was, dominant, but... West Virginia can... was the worst team, and, like, they weren't terrible. Where, like, yeah. every other league's worst team is garbage. Yes. If Gino does not get the head coaching job, he is going to Wisconsin. Maybe. I mean, that would make the most. He's not staying here to be the offensive coordinator. I can tell you that. (laughs) I think he has. I think there are other offensive coordinator opportunities. Right. That would be available to him. Would he most likely go to Wisconsin? Yes. Uh, Does he have other interests outside of UC head coach? And Wisconsin offensive coordinator, also yes. I can't tell you who, uh, but I can tell you there is definitely other interest. So, yeah. Sorry, dealing with the unruly child. How's that going? Well, it's going all right for me. I'm not the one having to deal with him. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, but I... We got 25 people on Twitch right now, Dave. I don't even know what that means. That means there's 25 people watching us on Twitch. Um, what is what is Twitch? Twitch is what the video gamers use to stream video games. We stream this podcast on the So Twitch like do they not well. do they not just play um like on on like consoles anymore? Holy boomer. No. <laughs> they play video games, they broadcast them on Twitch and people watch them. Oh, okay. Sounds but they also do like they, they host like podcasts and shows. Sounds like thrilling. Dave is old, <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> hey, I am very fine with that. I am I am very fine with that. UCF super fan watches us on Twitch. Oh no, it's Papa Bear watches us on Twitch. <laughs> Tim Schultz watches us on Twitch. I know Lambig, wherever he is, watches us on Twitch. I'm cool with being coach? I'm cool with being old. Can we get Coach O? What do you think, Dave? You, you, you yeah, down with I'm Coach sure, O? I'm sure we could. I don't think he's doing a whole <laughs> lot right now. But that might get in the way of the stuff that he is doing. Yeah. It, nothing good. Nothing good. Oh boy. All right, what what else you want to talk about? I don't know. I think we've we've hit on this uh, a bunch. I don't know if there's anything left really to say on, on any of this, unless you have more to say. No, I don't think so. I think um, you know, just see how it plays out. You know, we always there there about- are that. UCF super fan. That's another thing, Dave. There's hot chicks that sit in bikinis uh, in like uh, like uh, hot tubs or like, you know, those floaty pools 
Yeah. They put them in their bedroom that like, you know, you buy one of those pools for Will, yeah. the little ones. They put them in their bedroom. They put water in them and they just sit in there in a bikini. They just sit there. That's it? Yeah, and talk. Like, and talk to the Twitch chat. What do they talk about? Whatever the Twitch chat wants to talk about. Man, I thought I was weird for being into the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, there's chicks that do that for a living. That's their job. Yeah, interesting. Um, I, I do have, I do have like something on the the rumor front. Um, I've heard a little buzz from a couple people leaning towards the military bowl. That makes sense. Which would, which would be an AA, ACC opponent, right? Um, they haven't been there in what five, four years. I think you'd be looking at from what I've seen, maybe Pitt or Louisville. Yeah, uh, I've heard NC State would might be a possibility. I just want to put like most people know my take on the whole non-big ball. Like I don't really care. It's about the players and the coaches and a reward for them. But like I would like to play a team that's better than six and six because every not all the bowl games we've gone to outside of the Peach Bowl and the playoff, they've played six, six and six teams. <laughs> I, I might take six and six next year, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Schultz. If they play in the Liberty Bowl, there is zero chance I am agreeing to walk with you anywhere, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Dave, the last, the, it was the AAC basketball tournament. Yeah. Schultz lives in Memphis. Yes. And I we know. were, we were, you know, at the arena and he's like, uh, come meet me at this bar. It's right up the street. Me and my dad walked for 20 minutes to get to the bar. And then he's like, let's go to this other bar. It's like right down here. It's another 15 minute walk to get to that bar. By the end of the night, we were all the way so far down the street that the street ended. Like, like they had placed a concrete, like one of those uh, yeah, so you can't highway things. That. And they just placed it in the middle of the road. Like, you cannot go any farther than here. Turn around and walk the hour back from whence you came. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Jeffrey asks a, a recruiting question that I want to get, okay. get to. It says, how important is it really to keep the 23 class intact? There's kind of two ways I look at this. Is It, it is important to keep it intact. I mean, you don't want to lose recruits that you think can help you win games. But you also, during a coaching change, you don't want to chase just to fill spots either. Right. And if that means that when all is said and done, that this class ends up with like 15 high school kids in it, 13 high school kids in it, then that's where it needs to be. Like, you see a lot of times coaches feel like they have they can't not have like a normal class and it ends up biting them because they take kids that they shouldn't have taken and i think like billy napier at florida came out right away when he got that job and was like this is gonna be a slow build you know i'm not gonna just take anybody this is florida like just because i'm new and just because we have the spots doesn't mean 
that I'm going to fill them all. Yeah. And I think that's the right way to do it. Now, the portal makes it a little bit different. Uh, because you well, can if you've only get... got 67 guys, you're going to have to do something a little different. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I think from a recruiting standpoint, like emotions are high. They're, they're kids, man. They, their whole world's been turned upside down. Like they came here to play for a group of people and that group of people's leaving. Like, I don't blame any kid for reevaluating his options. Like he has no, not even the fact of like, he didn't come here to play for X coach. Like he has no idea who that person's even going to be. Yeah. So, you know, if you have the ability to, to see what else is available, I, I would be all for, I'm all for that. Like it just makes too much sense. Now, it's on the new coaching staff to try to keep as many of the kids that they feel are, you know, at this level that that fits what they're trying to do. And that's the other thing too, is like some players they might look at and go, yeah, this guy was great for the old staff, but like, we don't, we don't run a defense this way, or we don't look for that kind of wide receiver in this offense. And that stuff, and you don't, you certainly don't want those guys on your team if you they're not going to fit in what you're doing. Right, you have to you have to go through each guy and make sure, like this is a guy that is about you know is the type of guy that we recruit. Because if not, then you're just taking a guy to take a guy that's going to be in the transfer portal in a year. Right, and if you're already going to be making this transition. And it's already you're already you're automatically going to lose some guys from tra- transferring out and the c- recruits that don't commit or don't don't stick with you. So you're already going to be low in your numbers, right? While you're making the transition, taking a bunch of freshmen that you wouldn't have taken, you know, previously, and they're now stuck on your roster for at least a year. That certainly isn't helping you. So you just keep those spots open. You use them in the transfer window that will open back up again in April. You use them for February recruiting. You Maybe you find some guys that didn't sign or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, like, December 21st, I don't – I'm really not looking to see, like, a bunch of – new dudes come into this class. Because that tells me that you're reaching a little bit. Yeah, it's it's late. It's late. You so know, if, if you're, you're going to go, you're going to go wipe out somebody that changed coaches, like you're going to go get their entire recruiting class? I don't think so. You know, if, if it is Sean Lewis, I mean, there's a kid that is committed there that we've, we offered the beginning of January or beginning of November. Um, that you could possibly see flipping. Um, if it is Sean Lewis, there's two wide receivers that I would love to have on this roster that maybe decide to transfer. So, you know, that's the thing with the transfer. We were looking at those two wide receivers before Sean Lewis's name was, before Luke uh, Fickle yeah. was a thing. The one Good. of them for sure, Dante Cephas, um, absolutely was, 
definitely thought he was someone that was going to go into the portal. Um, but that's the thing with the transfer portal. It's like, because it's free, free reign now, theoretically, Sean Lewis could take, just like Dion's talked about, you know, people talked about with Dion, wherever Dion goes, all these guys are coming. Like Sean Lewis could take all of Kent state's best players. I mean, they got two starting wide receivers that would start for UC right now for, on next year's team. Right. So, like, you know, maybe he takes five or six of their best players, or whoever does. I mean, it doesn't have to be him. Um, you know, any co- any co- any head coach, you're probably not going to take, you know, if it's an assistant, they're not going to take many guys. So... Um, yeah what troy says oh i'm sure he's recruited a lot of, they've recruited a lot of the same guys that uc has recruited now they couldn't get them because they were at kent state right but then all those guys have other big offers as well so it's going to be hard it would be hard to get them back anyway because they committed to coaches that aren't here anymore so their relationship has been being built even after they've committed like their relationship was built with other power five staffs before they committed to uc i'm guessing some of their very first offers were from kent state which if that's the case that tells me that they're good at identifying talent you're on mute i think For recruits that took uh, OBs earlier this season was Fick, when Fick was here, are they able to take another to feel out the new coach? I think it has to be an unofficial. I mean, they have five visits, <laughs> so if they haven't taken... But, I mean, can they... I don't think they oh, can take Oh, you can't two take two to the same to school? No, I don't think so. No, I didn't... Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. I, didn't, I don't think so. I don't know if that goes out the window if you've had a coach... Like, I know the transfer portal... Like if you had a coaching change or you're a grad transfer, there's no window. Um, there's no transfer portal window for those guys. Like they can come and go as they want. One per school. So you only get one. Well then. Yeah. Um, hold on. This might. Uh... Jeffrey asked if we think Tyler Scott stays. It depends on the coach. Like yeah. I, I think I'd want to play for Sean Lewis if I was Tyler Scott. If I'm a wide receiver, sure. Yeah, I'd give. I'd listen to him. You know, if it's Alex Golish, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're an so offensive. Actually... If you're an offensive player and they hire, you know, Sean Lewis or Alex Golish, I would definitely listen to what those guys have to say. I actually think most of these guys visited in June. So that was their June. That was, was that, that would be their junior official. Yeah. Junior official. Yeah. So they would get senior officials where you get five more officials. Uh, one for each school. 
So maybe they could come back. It's a good question, Stu. I'll have to look into it more. Um. All right, you want to do some? Uh, you want to do a little basketball? I think we've got an hour and fifty. I think we've hit just about everything we could possibly yeah. hit tonight. <laughs> Let's see what the. Um... Lighter says, I'm a saint for dealing with the people complaining about the you're, hot list. You're never board. a saint. No, that's it's anything religious at me. Dicey. Only only 12,700 views on Hotboard 3.0 right now. That's, I mean, that's disappointing. Come on, people. What are we doing? That thing's been up for two hours. Hour and a half, at least. Get, get it together. My goodness. Get it together. Uh, so the, I guess, I guess the Fenway Bowl people might be right. I'm, I'm getting some kickback that it is Fenway versus Louisville, and it sounds like you are correct. That's disgusting. You don't want to go to Baston? I'm not going anywhere. I don't want them to have to go there. Boston and Jane, like when it's December 29th. No, that's not. It, no, that's the pen stripe polls, December 29th. That can't be right. What? December 17th? <laughs> that can't be right. Seriously? I mean, maybe just like get it over with. No, it's December 29th. No, okay. wait. This says I'm seeing two different things. The one the one that said December 29th, that's the pinstripe bowl. The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I'm looking at their official Twitter account. December 17th, 2022, 11 a.m. That's disgusting. That shouldn't even be allowed. Yeah, they're tweeting out bowl predictions from November 23rd. One month away views oh. from November 17th. Their bowl was the 29th last year. Yeah. This year it is December 17th at 11 a.m. <laughs> if that's not a, a way to leave the AAC, I don't know what is. My goodness, Dave. They're going to get like eight days to practice. <laughs> they won't start practice until next week. Yeah, that's true. So That's the sixth, terrible. like the bowl is going to be 11 days away from the start of bowl practice. Ugh. Fake John Goble. I am looking at their Twitter feed right now. Their Twitter feed for the Wasabi Fenway Bowl says official account of the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, December, 27, December 17th, 2022, 11 a.m. 
And they have had pictures up of projections for that bowl every week. Wow. I'd go to Boston, Chelsea. I wouldn't go to Boston for that. <laughs> well, I mean, I get, look, it's like, I could go now, honestly. In December, yeah. it's going to be like four degrees. No, thanks. Boston, December 17th. You're not in, Aaron? No. I'll, I'll pick you up on the way. Sure. Jerry Palm has military bowl against Wake Forest. I, I have a source telling me the team was told today Fenway Bowl uh, against Louisville. That is wretched. Wretched. Wow. Oh, well. Talk about putting a damper on this podcast. This is the worst news of the day. Forget about my hot board. Yeah. Do you think being coachless plays a factor into the bowl selection? No, not really. But that, the military bowl is too too high and mighty for Cincinnati without a head coach. <laughs> no, we're gonna. I think we're gonna pass. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna take. Uh, yeah, ECU. Yeah, we're going. We're going. Whole nailer swan song. Liberty Bowl. They were supposed to play in the Military Bowl last year, and Boston College canceled on them, I think. Because Boston College just hates bowl games. <laughs> How much to send Aaron to Boston, Chad? Ooh. Too, too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably too much. Boston's expensive. Oh, man. Bring the keg to the bowl game. Yeah, Louisville, bring the keg. Although... I, look, what Kerry Combs is head coach. Like uh, Droopy might have to be back on a headset if you get that when you're you've been here a while. Um, <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I feel like the uh, the keg of nails being used for the coffin for. Cincinnati's football program jokes write themselves at that point. Okay, John Rothstein. All time <laughs> low. All time doom and gloom. Aaron is back. Uh, Miami's going to Nassau. We're going to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> the Mac has better bowls than we do. <laughs> All time low again. Drew. Well, are you going to come on uh, to preview the Fenway Bowl for Louisville for us? I know you're very high on this Cardinals team, Drew. You, you'll be our our Louisville insider <laughs> next week because the game's like it, it's the following. It's it's that we'll have one more podcast before the Fenway Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, two, right? Two. I, I'm being. I, yeah, but, I I know. But... I'm sure I'll give a real deep dive into that preview. Oh, I'm down for that, Dave. You down for this? What's that? Search the triple option. Uh, fullback. Uh, you've got prayer, and then you put uh, Corey back there, uh, and you just run the triple option on the cards. 
Try to get the game over with as fast as possible. Yeah, as fast as humanly possible. As fast. You just Ivan Pace, fullback dive all day. Drew's in. All right, brother. All right, let's do let's get some basketball. We we have to get out of here by nine because Rocket Truth is at nine. All right. Well, I'm sure we have a lot from the NJIT game to discuss. Did you watch? I did. Uh, yeah, as much as I could. But yeah, I watched. Give, give me your thoughts. Uh, I like what Vic's been doing. He looks good, man. He looks good. He looks he's, the confidence is growing. Now, you know, NJIT obviously didn't have any size, but like I thought he held his own against Arizona. Ohio State was was rough, but he didn't have a terrible game against Ohio State. Um, they just didn't have anybody to compliment him with. Um, he was good against Louisville. Like the guy is starting to figure it out. And he gave the best midweek press conference we've had in ages. That was funny. I just think he's playing like he's playing with confidence. He's playing like he's he seems much more assertive, knows. Or feels like he knows exactly what he wants to do. Um, and, it, you know, what do you have, 10 and 10? I think. Is that right? Am I right there? Did Chad just disappear on me? All I right. Feel, I feel like you totally got the AOL door closed. <laughs> he was doing the, the basketball recap <laughs> of, of a game I kind of watched while taking care of a child. So they, I, I think David DeJulius made a lot of baskets. He said, hey, Dave, let's hurry this up. We got to get this done before nine. Sorry. Totally they just left. I'm like, look, 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 look. You have me talk for an hour and a half about football, and then you leave me to talk about. Did you watch it? Cool. I'll be back. Yeah. So look, look. Kelsey, Kelsey had a choir concert tonight. So the the Kelly and the in-laws and the grandparents are all here. They're one room away. So I just went in there for a second because I thought you would go for a second to tell them, you know, make sure it wasn't loud because I didn't want to pick up their conversation on the podcast. I'm sorry. I went for an appropriate amount of time. <laughs> I wasn't back yet. <laughs> I, I know. I'm back now. I'm here. Sorry. That's my bad. Uh, so we were talking about Vic. Yes. And I said I, I that think, uh, I think he's Vic... playing with confidence. He seems to be more assertive, a better understanding of, you know, what he wants to do when he gets the ball, you know, how, how, to, set, how to set himself up, set himself up more playing, playing better without the ball. Dave made a bunch of baskets. That's always fun. Had the step back going. Yeah, I mean, that, like, even Wes talked about it. Like, it is such a bad shot <laughs> for 95% of players. But there is that 5% that, like, they, for whatever reason, probably just, like, worked on it their whole life especially a smaller guy like Dave, right? Where he's probably needed that to create separation um, because he scores off the dribble. And th there's just this small segment of guys that for whatever reason, like that step back is, is in their arsenal. And Dave is one of those guys. Like I feel better with him taking a step back than I do with him catching a wide open rhythm three. 
Mm, yeah. I'm more confident his step back is going in. Now, he knocks – it's not that he's terrible shooting, like, spot up. Well, he, did, threes. he was good last night. Yeah. It's just that, like, for he's in his comfort zone, especially when the shots – when he's when he's feeling it, when the shots are falling. Like, when he gets to that and you see him get that step, it's like, oh, that's in. I know they had a, a pretty substantial size advantage last night, but I thought they attacked the glass – 40 to 22 edge on the glass. Much better than they have been. I mean, you can get rebounds just because you're bigger, but, like, they they made an effort to try to rebound out of area. It just felt like they were a lot more active, especially on the offensive glass, uh, than they have been recently. It's not in Davenport's arsenal. No, the step back is not. Uh, Landers has it. Landers has got a pretty good one. Uh, JD, that's not – I don't recommend that from JD all that often. The problem is when you got a guy on your team that, that can shoot the step back, all of a sudden everybody on the team's like, oh, step back. I got one of those. Clang, clang, clang. Um, I, I do want to give some a credence to something else that Wes talked about, and I've talked to coaches about this too. The hangover from Maui is supposed to be like a serious, serious deal. Just yeah. fly, you know, the jet lag, flying back. Everybody takes like two days of sleep to really get back to, you know, your 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 clock being normal. Well, yeah, and you play three straight days, and it's not like Yeah. Three straight days against minus Louisville, high level competition. Well, and there's like no downtime. You're like always doing something right as part of the Maui invitational, you know, like so well, yeah. and they played they played a essentially they played a six o'clock game in Maui and then came right back with a noon game. That's fun. Yeah. Well that was I think that's a, that second half against Ohio State, I think they the, the tank was just empty. I mean, yeah. you ran your ass off against Arizona. Yeah. And then you had to come back like 15 hours later and play a physical Ohio State team. Not great. Um, what's up with Jeremiah? It's not shooting it well. Not shooting it well. And he's taking better shots, I think. Maybe he just, he's a guy that has to take bad shots. Maybe that's his <laughs> thing. Dude. 27 feet with a hand in his face. Bang. 23 feet, wide open, rhythm. Nope, that's not going down. Uh, Lambic said he's more honest than previous. I, I think a lot of that is a lot of that's just depending on the questions. And that was me that was questioning what he wants the team to be because it's been something we've talked about. Like you know, I, I'm, it's me asking the hard questions, Lambig. Well, you can keep your job now that you asked a hard question. We'll we'll wait till they introduce a new football coach. We'll see how hard the questions are then. They won't be hard at all. Introductory press conference, I will be asking zero difficult questions, Dave. Please ask what kind of defense you run just so I can hear him say multiple. We want to be multiple. Aggressive, multiple. Uh, you know, it's just like I'm still waiting for the first coach when they when you have the first press conference of the new season 
And it's how did summer go? I'm waiting for the new coach to be like, man, our guys slacked off the entire time. They're fat, out of shape. <laughs> These slapdicks are terrible. Like everyone is like, oh man, we we crushed it. We're faster, bigger, stronger. We really brought a, menta- a great mentality to the offseason. It's like, no, not every team could do that because, you know, half these teams stink. So what you did, what you're saying is is a lie. When in reality, th- that's my favorite part. They're also behind the scenes going, "We suck." Oh yeah, you know we're, right we're gonna away. Be terrible. <laughs> we're going to be terrible. Rich, Richard, thank you for the donation. Richard says, all I want for Christmas is primetime hired in the basketball team to make the NIT, at least for this season. I'm putting up praying hands. Uh, one of those things might happen. <laughs> I don't think it's the one that you want more. Probably not. Uh any news on the bat? I would, I would guess you're talking basketball. Uh, not, I mean, it's in season, so um, you've got Ray and, and Jizzle. Um, they're looking at you know a couple big men, but the teams are the hard part. There, Bill is teams are just getting started with their high school season, um, and they're also going through like holiday tournaments and you know trying trying to get ready for ramping up. So you're not going to see a bunch of recruiting stuff early in the early in the season. Um, there will be guys that will come on late that, you know, once you get to February, March, maybe you see some steam picking up on a couple under the radar guys. But if we're going to be honest, I think we're going to see a bunch of the transfer portal. Cause this team, yeah. d- depending on what happens, Bill, this team's going to get, this team's a really old team right now. They're going to get real young, real fast going into the Big 12 if you recruit any more high school kids. You got four super seniors and four seniors. And if none of them come back, you got three freshmen, but Jared Hensley, Victor Locken, Jizzle James, and Rayvon Griffith. You're going to need some Experience, Dave. Yeah, experience. Uh, what was the announcement that got moved back a few weeks ago? It was a sponsorship deal, um, not an apparel deal. It was announcing a new sponsor that was coming to UC. I don't know why that. I haven't can't understand why, but that's not something I've checked on recently. <laughs> Yeah, and a couple other things going on. Um, but I'll circle back to that Bearcat 12. Um, I'm not sure. What's the payout for the Fenway Bowl? I just looked it up, it's unannounced. <laughs> there are several that there's several that uh are not don't disclose active, actively listing the payouts. Okay. Well, I mean, like some go. of these aren't even enough to like you're like losing a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. like the Arizona Bowl, the Barstool Sports Streaming Bowl, three hundred fifty grand. Right. The Cam- the Camellia Bowl, three hundred grand. 
Like you're losing money. That's the big, that's another one of the huge differences in going to the big 12. Like, Oh, the bowl games are, I mean, just for an example, the Alamo bowl, like it's a nice bowl game, big 12 pack 12, but you know, it's got, it'll have good teams, but not like the premier teams from each league. $8.2 million. That's a lot. Cheese it bowl. ACC big 12, 6 million. Texas bowl, big 12 SEC, 6.4 million. Liberty bowl is like one of the lower bowls for the big 12, 4.7 million. Like you look at the American Birmingham's 1.3, the Texas Bowl 800,000, <laughs> Gasparilla 1.1, Independence 2.2, Fenway's unannounced, Cure Bowl 570,000. Where's Where's the old Gasparilla? Gasper, now, I, think I might have said that 1.1, 1. 1, but like those all go into a pool. Those don't go to the teams, right? But I mean, it's just think of it's all bad. the big, it's all bad. the Big Twelve money goes into right. a pool, right? I'm just for people that are, you know, yeah. Each team doesn't. I mean, they get that amount to to get there, but yeah, yeah. Like the um, guarantee rate for the Big 12 is 1.6, and that looks like the the lowest one of the lowest ones. And that would be like the top for the AAC. Get us out of here. Jeez. Seen a couple questions on Josh Reed. What's what's going on there? He didn't play last night? No, he didn't play last night. I think that was um a victim of circumstance in that Josh Reed, at least right now brings you offense and offense is not really this team's problem. Yes. I know they scored 11 points at NKU in the second half. I know, but this is not an offense. When you, when you're comparing the two, Dave, it is a much more defensively challenged team than an offensively challenged team. So I think last night Jared Hensley got those minutes uh, looking for better defense. Is there a payout dinner for winner difference no. for winners and losers? Nope. Nope. Uh, what's the worst bowl game the Big Twelve has a tie to, Dave? Uh, it's dozens of dollars. Some it's hard to say on some of these because some of them are like they have a lot of leagues tied to them where. If you don't have a representative that right. got eligible, then they'll pull it from another. Um, so I guess like the Big 12 could technically go to the Gasparilla Bowl, but so could the ACC American Conference USA Mac Mountain West Pac-12 or SEC. <laughs> so everybody with the Big Ten apparently can could go to that bowl. Right. So, you know, guaranteed rate is a 1.6. That's one of the lower, lowest ones. (laughs) 
Can you imagine if we had a game to deal with tomorrow or Saturday? <laughs> what this week would have been like? I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I mean, it cost Willie Fritz Georgia Tech. I mean, do you, I don't you could have taken the job. Yeah. Like I mean, unless they were like, we you have to come now. They wouldn't they 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 want they wouldn't let him wait to Sunday? Maybe not. <laughs> then they didn't Maybe want not. him bad enough. Yeah. That's what that was always my whole thing with like Luke and Notre Dame last year. Like if you really wanted him, you weren't and you thought he was by far the best candidate. You you didn't think it was worth waiting a month or a couple weeks or whatever it might have been. Who's more likely to start next year, Ray or Jizzle? Uh, neither, but I, I guess you'd have to say Jizzle because uh, there's a scenario where they don't have a point guard. You know? Now, I think they get one. Um, I still think uh, Davion Thomas is a very real possibility. He is at Kilgore Community College in Texas. Um there's a few places that have him as the number one Juco in the country. Um, I do think Cincinnati's in a pretty good spot with him. Um, and then if not, then they'll certainly is, be looking in the transfer portal. For is Marcus Sykes coach at Kilgore? No, he is now with, um, is he with, with Eric uh, Martin? Eric Martin. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Eric Martin hired him to his staff. So where is he? Good for Marcus, South Carolina State. I think. Oh, okay. They just had an upset. They upset somebody, I believe, for their first win of the season. No, I'm I'm not. Granted, we're I'm still very much in like college football mode, and we're obviously doing a coaching search. But college basketball seems to be insane. This start of this year is it different than other years? Like. You just see like a ton of movement in the top 25. And I looked the other day and was like really surprised at who was in the top 10. I don't know if I should have been, but it just seems like there's been a crazy amount of movement. Um, It's the transfer portal. Because especially in basketball, like continuity and, and familiarity as you get through it's why why have mid-majors always been great in March? Because they have guys that have played together for three, four years. So now you have all these teams that have, I mean, turning over half your roster is just what college basket blows my mind. Like, mm -hmm. it used to be like, you know, three or four new guys, but you still had nine or ten veteran guys on your roster. And now it's like seven six seven returners and six new guys on every team every year like that's going to to disrupt november bigly as somebody said earlier John is, White, is houston is houston this good yep yep they have two absolute stud freshmen that that are you know really really good surrounding a veteran roster with Marcus Sasser, who's a first, probably a first team all American type. And they've got complimentary pieces. Like Kelvin's got that thing rolling, man. They, they just, that roster is, is stacked. I saw Texas was number two. That's what it was. Fake John Goble, uh, South Carolina state's first win of the season, 
East Carolina. Oh, I like East Carolina's coach. He, he's a vol. Is he? Or he was on Barnes staff. Like, I think he'll yeah, do a good job yeah. there. I met him. Um, what, Michael, met him Michael Schwartz, I think. Yeah, I met him over the summer. Seemed like a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia Tech, big league, Willie. Mark, you want to go where? <laughs> to Boston? So are we still talking about Boston? <sighs> yeah, different when you're coming off a of Final Four and Elite Eight. The, the recruiting becomes easier when you make a Final Four and an Elite Eight. You get a five-star like and a high four-star, and your roster is uh, your roster is pretty intact, and you add a couple studs to it. Kind of like, uh, you know, when you have a little better recruiting success when you come off uh, CFP. Only if your coach stays. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Only if your coach stays. All right, I think my voice is about shot. Yeah. We'll have some we'll still have the brunch on Sunday morning before I head out to the Bengals game. I you know, we might have a coach to discuss. Uh we might talked not. about we talked about before we came on here. If there is some sort of news and we can we'll we'll break in and do a live show i i don't have a ton going on other than the basketball game uh between now and sunday so if anything happens between now and then we will absolutely go live um and as long as i get home from the basketball game like there's going to be a window from like 10 o'clock to four o'clock where i'll be occupied but anything that happens after four, I'll be here uh, ready to go. So big weekend, big weekend interviews incoming. We feel good about Sean Lewis getting one. I, I think, I, I mean, I, this is me guessing. I would guess Golish gets one. I would guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems that that I think that would be a safe assumption to make. You could we could definitely be wrong, but that feels like something that uh, is probably you know if you look at the candidates and you look at what we've said and and who is in, who is out. Uh, if you're going to do three or four interviews, somebody's got to get them. <laughs> so unless it's Multiple guys that we don't know about. Look, if it's a bad hire, they will not drop it during the basketball game. They will drop it first quarter Bengals Chiefs. <laughs> because nobody's going to be paying attention. Nobody's going to care. I, I, Aaron Aaron might shoot me. That's a four, that's a 425 game, right? Yep. Aaron might shoot me if we have to go live at 530 on Sunday. I won't be there. I'm excited for this Bengals game. We got some shit talking going on by the Chiefs. The one that lives in this room is a Chiefs fan. The the, Beng the Bengals players are the one that lives in this room is a Chiefs the fan. The Man, it's a twelve year old thing. Players are chirping back at him on Twitter. A little rivalry brewing. Yeah, they, it's not a rivalry until the Chiefs beat them. 
<laughs> Bengals have won six out of the last seven times they've played them. The last two are important. The other ones, not so much. Hey, they beat them when they were undefeated. Yeah. That one year when they had the Peter Wark punt return for a touchdown. Um, Rocket Truth is coming up in like nine minutes. So if you want some former player perspective uh, on the coaching change, um, you can get Jake Sopko, Nick Statterman, Joe Met. Uh, those guys are coming up here at the <sighs> bottom of the hour, as they say in the radio business. Uh, as always, special thanks to our partners at the Holy Grail. They are phenomenal. We love them. We thank them. Go there, support them, and you'll be supporting us. Uh, Aaron and I will have a nightcap of some sort later. I don't know. Sure. What, what are you going to talk about? www.bearcatjournal.com backslash hotboard 3.0. There's your nightcap. <laughs> I don't think that takes you anywhere. Tell me now. <laughs> All right. Well, we can't talk about it there. Then it's free. We'll give a Cliff's Notes. Maybe a Cliff's Notes version. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com.